Welcome to the From the Cryptoverse podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the news, developments, and innovations from the Cryptoverse. I'm Trevor. And I'm Jacquez. And Jacquez, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so today we're starting the discussion on by talking about the Google Cloud and Coinbase partnership. All right, so hold on. I, I hear it's about Web3, right? And I'm kind of a, a skeptic around Web3. I, I'm going to get skewered for this because I'm in like sort of the crypto space, but I think of of Web3 is sort of this new buzzword that's gotten a lot of attention and traffic. So like, what does this partnership mean? Does it actually bring value or are they just trying to piggyback off of this this uh, new space? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that because um, you and I both know that a lot of organizations are trying to, you know, be a spearhead in the Web3 space. And a lot of organizations are just, you know, being in a sense like clickbaity and spammy. But this Google Cloud uh, and Coinbase partnership is actually legit and it's actually, um, you know, expanding the Web3 ecosystem. And um, the collaboration, it pretty much involves uh, Coinbase building their global data platform on Google Cloud and Google Cloud leveraging uh, Coinbase commerce uh, to enable crypto payments for solutions. Okay, so it's an actual like they're leveraging the Coinbase payments through Google Cloud services. So there's like an actual functionality here because when I when I think about all these partnerships being about announced, I think back to, you know, the, the dot com bubble when you could just add like, you know, dot com to your, your company name and your valuation would just skyrocket. So we're actually talking about some actual innovation here. So that's pretty cool, especially with these big names in crypto um, and in Web2. Exactly. And um, I know that you mentioned that you were, you know, kind of unfamiliar with Web3. So one of the big takeaways from Web3 is decentralization. So uh, with Google uh, and Coinbase partnering, um, that's like a big, um, you know, green light for the Web3 space, um, given the fact that Google is using, well, I mean, is using Coinbase uh, decentralization um, features, you know, to pretty much um, grow their own platform. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of like in the same in the same breath that we're seeing larger institutions and banks adopt crypto as an asset class. I I think of like having a Google adopt Web three as sort of that tech going mainstream. So that's that's big. Well, so we've also got the metaverse in the news, and yeah. Meta and Microsoft have partnered. Now, when I think of Meta in the metaverse, I'm maybe even a little bit more pessimistic about that than I am about Web3. So I hear all these headlines of metaverse company has, you know, 80 or 80 active users a day, but they're worth a billion dollars. And I'm just thinking, how, how is this going to survive? But Meta, Microsoft, obviously big players in the space. What's their vision here? Yeah. So um, Microsoft and Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook, are partnering to deliver an immersive experience for the future of work and play. And, uh, you know, what this pretty much means is that first they are starting off by um, mashing up Microsoft Teams and, um, you know, Microsoft Teams to MetaQuest devices. So um, allowing, um, you know, teams to virtually meet anywhere. Um, so, you know, pretty much taking on the whole metaverse idea. You know, so, you know, allowing uh, Microsoft Teams to just have interactive experience and, and uh, with mix with um reality headsets and just the whole nine yards of um, the metaverse experience. Okay, um, so you're, you're telling me I can be in the metaverse and I can be, you know, playing some cool new game. And then all of a sudden I'm going to get a Teams meeting request from one of my coworkers when I'm supposed to be working because I'm working from home, I'm playing VR, and then I get a Teams meeting request. That's what they're, that's what they're bringing to the metaverse here. 
Exactly. Uh, in a sense, um, it's pretty much like, you know, allowing you to just get fully immersed in the metaverse. So, um, you know, just taking the whole Microsoft team um, idea to the to the next level and um, ways that they are putting on doing this um, that I imagine, um, you know, just like an ordinary Microsoft team is, you know, just two, you know, two people just interacting. But with the metaverse inclusion, it's, you know, with the whole VR headset, you are able to, uh, you know, walk and, you know, walk and talk throughout the um, walk. You know, I can, I can do that in the real world too, though. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but I can't walk in like a magical land or something like I can in the metaverse. Exactly. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Well, this is probably probably needed if we're going to see the metaverse continue to be adopted. But uh, we'll we'll have to see. I, I I'm skeptical. I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm taking on a skeptical tone playing the bad cop this episode, but. Uh, skeptical to see where this goes but definitely if we if we align with like zuckerberg's vision here of everybody being in the metaverse all the time uh we gotta have teams in the metaverse we gotta have zoom we gotta have you know like uh, the ability to do normal things we do in the real world there so i guess this makes sense um you know time time will tell i guess Microsoft yeah, time doesn't, will. Have the, doesn't have the best track record of, of technologies <laughs> but uh but we'll see. We'll see. Hold on, wait, 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 hold on. Hold your horses. Um, I'm actually a big Microsoft fan. I've okay. Been, I've been an Xbox fan since I don't know when. Uh, so, like, that's what I was actually going to bring up. Um, you know, like, another thing that Microsoft was talking about bringing to the Quest was, you know, pretty much bringing the Xbox games um, and, you know, bringing the Xbox uh, games until the Meta Quest. Um, so, yeah, I want to see how how would that be uh, for oh, cool. we plan. Um you know, my favorite game, which is 2K, me playing that in a metaverse. That'd be, you know, cool. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Because you could. there's probably some really cool integrations you could do there, especially with VR. Yeah, I, I could see that working. I'm not I'm not sure I'm sold that, you know, you play in 2K and then getting like a Slack message. For yeah, somebody. that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of outrageous. <laughs> I'll kind of be like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, need, need to toggle that off. Or, you know, even in the metaverse, them just showing up there in 2K being like, hey, I need you to pause the game. We got, you got to come work on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next thing that I think we've got to talk about is the amount of money that has been stolen from crypto or in like the DeFi space this year. I think the headline is hackers have stolen $3 billion in cryptocurrency this year. And I think for like people native to crypto, they sort of understand this as like, it just happens. Yeah, but like yeah. <laughs> to everybody outside of crypto, like if you're talking to somebody that wants to, to get involved in this space, and they see that number, they're they're thinking, okay, I can't do this. I'm just going to have my money stolen. And you know, unfortunately, too, it's it's all the newbies that are into crypto that don't really understand like the security that do end up getting their money stolen. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on like the amount of money this year that's been stolen? And I think it even shattered the record of 2.1 billion stolen last year. It's just yeah, crazy. Mm-mm. And um, just from October alone, uh, I know it's $718 million uh, oh. that have been hacked across 11 different DeFi protocols. And we're only uh, halfway through October. And that's you know, oh. it's kind of crazy. Um, but like you mentioned, uh, with crypto being fresh and with uh, crypto having a lot of newbies, crypto, newbie, crypto newbies are more open to being scammed by crypto scammers. Which is why we are doing this podcast to bring proper education and, and 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 shed light on crypto scams and you know just give newbies more educational things that could potentially happen. Uh, but something that I want you to you know think about and the fact about crypto being new, 
um, you know, just a comparison to a lot of industries uh, that are old and are established. Um, there's there are a lot of scams that happen in you know various industries, sure, sure. and uh, you know, including the financial industry. You know, scams that happen you know pretty much every day in a sense. But I think that since crypto is so fresh and you know so new, that every time that something happens within the crypto space, it pretty much gets you know, highlighted to a certain extent. Uh, you know, people just want to spotlight it because it's like, okay, yeah. you know, this is, you know, crypto is a scam and it's just going to, you know, just pretty much just use it as bait. Yeah, quick, people people are quick to to jump on crypto. But yeah, that's a, that's a good call out. And I think too, like there's, the regulation is still so behind in crypto. Like there's, there's not as much regulation to stop this. So, you know, for people that, people that want to get into crypto and like this is, is scary to them, there's really some basic educational tools like not your keys, not your crypto type things that you can sort of keep in mind. And also, there's just so many like DeFi protocols and like sketchy, you know, companies that say they're not sketchy, but you know, you can kind of you can kind of get the inkling that they're maybe a little <laughs> bit sketchy. And even like big players like Celsius, where you know you're getting these huge returns and then they end up locking your funds. I think just for newbies, it's making sure that you stick with sort of your core, like super easy to use and really trusted crypto platforms, maybe like a Coinbase or an FTX or something um, to really get started and not venture into these, these really like fringe crypto scenarios until you sort of understand the space a little bit more. Um, and I, and I think that's actually like another concept too, because a lot of a lot of people get into crypto, at least in this last sort of year because of NFTs, they saw mm -hmm. NFTs, and they were like, man, I, you know, the idea of being able to own art on the blockchain is is kind of a cool idea. Though I think there's also a whole lot of people on the other side that are that are thinking that is just, you know, owning a JPEG is is not something I want to spend my life savings on. But new news out that the SEC is investigating Yuga Labs, um, which is the creator of Board Ape Club, and they've actually got they're behind five of the top eight NFT collections. So Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, CryptoPunks, Other Deed, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, some of these I haven't even heard of, and MeBits, uh, but they're under investigation. Now, it's of note, um, they have not been accused of wrongdoing. It's just the SEC seems to be investigating them for how they want to regulate NFTs. So what are, you, like, what are your thoughts on NFTs as a space? Yeah, NFTs are a space. I'm one of the few people who actually love the NFT space and actually believe that the NFT space or the NFT ecosystem is, you know, not going to be in the future, but everything is pretty much going to be, you know, NFT based. So it's not going to be, you know, mm -hmm. like NFT space. Everything is already going to be an NFT. So what I mean by that is that, for instance, like a house deed, um, you know, sure. it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a long process, you know, in order to get a house deed signed or to transfer yeah. some type of, you know, real estate property. But the cool thing about NFTs is that, Everything can be distributed on a blockchain so it's public. You can verify to see if it's really their home or their real estate property. And it can be, you know, into the form of an NFT where it can be, you know, locked up into my vault or to my wallet. And um, if I'm if I want to sell my real estate or sell my home, I can pretty much just send it to your wallet. And now the house deed is in your wallet and it's your property now. It's it's it's, it's, it's your yeah. home. Yeah, um, I think I think that sort of functionality like makes a lot of sense and actually leverages the underlying tech for like its actual benefits that it has rather than 
oh, you know, I can own internet memes now on the blockchain. Rather, you know, I, I take this antiquated thing of having like a deed to a house where if you have this piece of paper, you own the house is kind of oversimplified. But, uh, you know, it puts that on the blockchain, adds some layer of security to it, but then also brings this ease of transferring that between people. I think that makes a lot of sense. And when you look at that through the lens of that's basically what NFTs are, is just like a way to take maybe a digital object and be able to exchange it either for, you know, monetary value through crypto or, you know, something else um, and, and make sure that it's secure and notated on the blockchain. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But it, it is noted that um, NFTs, uh, well, in my personal experience, um, I'm only favoring NFTs that have some type of beneficial real world mm-hmm. utility. So if it doesn't have, you know, real world utility that I believe that is beneficial to me, then I'm not even looking, you know, for an NFT is you know, just just as JPEGs anymore, or just the yeah. NFT that's cool. I need something, you know, to be able to, you know, get back. Um, you know, I need to I need to be able to get something from the NFT in real world, um, mm-hmm. which is where which is where that utility come from. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, playing the crypto skeptic again for anybody like not familiar with NFTs, you Google them up and you see all these projects that have gone from like millions of dollars down to like oh this nft you know i somebody bought it for 27 million dollars now they can't even sell it for a hundred and you're like man uh that (laughs) that is not a space i want to be involved in but but yeah if you find nfts with actual utility and and functionality there i think that makes a lot of sense exactly kind of takes off the whole just getting an nft just because it looks cool you know portion of things yeah well uh, this brings us to the end of the From the Cryptoverse podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed us covering some of the latest news and developments in crypto. You can join us every week for about 10 to 15 minutes of updates on crypto. And uh, until next time, I'm Trevor. And I'm Jacques. And this has been From the Cryptoverse. <laughs>